Hey, it's Heidi Rain. Welcome back for another episode of Addiction and Codependency and Toxic Relationship Recovery Breakthrough. <laughs> With me, your host, Heidi Rain. I am so glad to be here. I have a running list of all the videos that I need to make. You know, they just, they pop into my head. I don't know, or all the episodes I need to record. I don't know about you, but they all come to me in like the middle of the night or when I right when I'm trying to get to bed and I have like this running list, I'll put it in my iPad notes or my phone notes. And I have so much that I want to give to you so many different things. I know that you've been asking and that, that I want to make these videos for you that I know are going to be game changing for you. And so I was going to sit down to record some of that stuff today. And in my inbox, in addition to all these videos, I know I want to make for you. There was a viewer question from Australia and she asked me if I could answer this question. And I was like, you know what, that kind of takes precedence over all these other things that I wanted to say today, because this is probably one of the most profound questions you can ask yourself if you are in a relationship with an addict, an alcoholic, a narcissist, or otherwise toxic person. So I'm Heidi Rain, by the way. If you're new here, I do want to take a minute and welcome you home. I am so glad you found me. I have dedicated my entire life to serving people who have been affected by other people's bullshit, okay? So if you are, if you grew up in an addicted dynamic and you like that stuff still sticking with you and you find yourself in these relationships that are one-sided or hurtful, or if you had a dreamy childhood and you ended up in a relationship with an addict, an alcoholic, or narcissist, and you're learning how to cope and deal, or if by the grace of the God, you have gotten out and you are ready to heal, I have you covered on every step of the way. Lots of programs for you, lots of opportunities. Go over to HeidiRain.com. Um, and check it out. So let's go ahead and dive in to the question that I got today because epic question. We're just going to riff on it. So it says, hey, Heidi, I'm in Australia and I have a few questions that I'm wondering if you can answer in a video because we don't have much support here. And you know, that's I have a lot of clients internationally. I, I, I have clients from Africa, from Australia, from all over the world. And they all kind of say that Germany... Addiction sometimes there is a little more, but not so much. They 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 say all the time there's no support. So, and that's true not just for other countries, but here in the states as well. There are treatment centers around every corner. There's there's help, but but what gets left out or who gets left out are the families in a real meaningful way where we can have strategic advice. It's one thing to go to a therapist and get support or Al-Anon and be able to share your stories. Isn't that amazing? It's another thing though to get to like what the hell to do stuff. Right. Like, can you just tell me? I have a session later on today where she was like, I need you to break out your your crystal ball and show up. And I and I have, like as a joke, you know, remember these things from the 80s, these little like outlook, not so good, because I can see the writing on the wall. I can see what's gonna happen. So um it's important that you get that support. Another plug for for moi, com if you want the help. Here's the question. Now, by the way. Does it matter what drug of choice people are using? Does it matter if it's internet, if it's pornography, if it's sex addiction, if it's drug addiction? Does it matter what kind it is? Not really, although sex addiction is a little worse for people because you take that even more personally. So if you have a partner that's addicted to pornography or sex, you feel like, oh, what's wrong with me versus when somebody's addicted to drugs and you're like, what's wrong with them? You still are a little bit like, what's wrong with me, but not as much. So. I have a blank addict. I'm not even going to say the type. Does he know deep? Here's the question. Does he know deep down 
that I am not a bad person? Does he know that I am not really doing the things that he that he accuses me of? Uh, why does he bring up things about me and throw them in my face to manipulate me or to gaslight me or to hurt me in arguments? You know, he's cheated on me. I mean, I could go down this email. It gets pretty intense. He's cheated on me back and forth. He just calls her up when he wants something or he wants sex or have uh, da 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 da. And basically, the the, the root of this question, we're just going to simmer it on down. We're going to put the boil, take the boil and pot, and sit around summer, and we're going to answer the question, which is this: Do they know they're hurting me? Do they know that I'm actually a good person? I'm the only one that cares for them, and I'm the only one that stuck it out. So, how about you? Maybe this will relate to you today. You're thinking to yourself, "I'm the only person this one has. I'm the only person this addict, alcoholic, narcissist, or toxic jackass has." Okay, and they're hurting me. Like the only way that they could possibly be hurting the only person that actually loves them and cares for them is because they just don't realize that it's happening. So let's answer that question first. Do they know they're hurting you? I don't know. Maybe momentarily, minute to minute, fleetingly, situationally, periodically, from time to time, they might know that they're hurting you. But here's the real question that we need to ask ourselves is, it's just like, ask yourself this question. Does an addict or an alcoholic know they're hurting themselves? Sometimes, periodically, episodically, whenever they get into a moment of remorse or regret or made a mistake and they feel like, oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. But how short-lived is that? Have you ever been with an addict or an alcoholic when they had like come to Jesus moment and they realized the depth and breadth of the pain they were causing themselves and they go, oh my God, I can't keep hurting myself like this. But then addiction really doesn't care about epiphanies. Addiction doesn't care about an awakening or an understanding. It cares about action. Addiction doesn't care how much you know. Addiction cares how much you do to stay sober. So somebody can have an awakening. Oh my God, I realize I'm hurting myself or even I realize I'm hurting you, but they still have to behave their way into stopping that behavior. Just the magic moment of them seeing it's not gonna do anything. So here's the thing. I know, and I believe in my heart, that you believe as a person who's surviving, an addict or an alcoholic or otherwise narcissistic person, the first thing you have to understand is you are a victim here of narcissistic abuse. There is no greater there is no greater narcissist when they're actively addicted than an alcoholic or an addict. They're self-obsessed. They have absolutely no empathy. They gaslight, they manipulate, they lie, they hurt you, they don't recognize it. I mean, it is classic, right? It's classic narcissism. So that means that you're a victim of abuse. So while you're sitting there going, do they see they hurt me? Do they see they hurt me? A better question is, why are you stuck in a situation where you're being hurt and trying to get somebody to see that they're hurting you. Now, with all the love in my heart and all the smarts in my brain, I'm going to lovingly assert to you, this isn't the first time. This isn't the first time that you're in a situation where you feel like you have to get somebody to see the hurt they're causing you. Where are my sisters and my brothers? Let's just find them out right now. Okay. Look, Shit Creek survivors. Where are my Shit Creek survivors? Okay. You have been through it. You have suffered it. You you spent your whole life 
uh, in a dysfunctional shit show of some kind of way, and you say to yourself, you know, if I, if they, if my dad can just see how much he's hurting my our family, he'll stop. If mom can just see how irrational and ridiculous and crazy this is, things will change. If mom or dad can just see how good of a kid I am, they'll change their mind about me. If if they can just see how how good I am, then mom and dad will want to take care of me. You know, this story, when it doesn't get rectified in our hearts, becomes a walk into relationships as an adult. And we attract the same people, not because we're a glutton for punishment, but because we're trauma bonded to rejection and betrayal. We're trauma bonded to rejection, betrayal, and abandonment. And when that old familiar feeling comes up, we're so busy going, see, you're hurting me, then to actually go, wait a minute, you're hurting me. Now, as a kid, you can't get up and walk out. You're a little baby. You're, you're, I don't know, you know, a kid, you, you think to yourself, now a logical person as an adult, an adult brain, when somebody's hurting them, they're smacking them, they're verbally attacking them, they're hurting them. That person who has agency over themselves as an adult is free to make another choice, which is to leave. You as a child did not have that luxury. Choosing to go wasn't on the table for you. So what's the next best thing? fantasize about what will happen when they see the pain they're causing. The next best thing is fantasize in my room of how I can get them back or make them stop or be good enough or whatever, because I have to be in this. So you learned how to deal in it more than you ever learned how to leave it and walk out of it. So here's the better question for you. What if it's true that you, that you had nothing to prove? Now, here's my other thing. I have these hats all around because we used to wear so many hats in our lives, right? I, you know what we do? We wear the fixer hat. We wear the coach hat. We wear the sober house hat. We wear the therapist hat. What if we wear the nothing to prove hat? All right. What if we're like, you know what? I don't have anything to prove up in here. I don't need to prove my value. I don't need to prove you're hurting me. I don't need you to see that you're destructive. I don't need you to notice how much pain I'm in. I just need to get the f- out of here and stop allowing this to go down. Now, I know that's a lot because you're allowing it for a reason. You're allowing it because of your training. You're allowing it because you can't see the forest through the trees. And this is where I come in. This is where I can help you unravel the program that says, suck it up. I can help you unravel the program, the mental dysfunction that was installed in you that says suffering is the religion. And like Anne Lamont said, I believe it was, when suffering is the religion, honey, it's time to leave the church, okay, right? But you have a black belt in suffering. So it's like, how can I get them to see? How can I get them to see? We need a better question. How can I I stop being in this environment? Now, I know sometimes it's hard. You feel like it's dangerous. I'm not talking if you feel like it's going to be dangerous. You got to be smart about it, right? Uh, uh, hotline.org. If you're in a particularly abusive situation or a hurtful situation, you got to be smart. You got to have strategic steps to get out of this thing. But if you are safe for the most part, and this takes its toll anyway, but psychologically and emotionally, you're on a roller coaster. You don't know if you're coming or going. You need somebody to come alongside of you and show you the light and pour into you sanity because it'll make a smart person go crazy. Addiction makes a smart person feel crazy. So you start to question yourself and your judgment. So here, do they know they're hurting you? Maybe, and they're still doing it. I used to think that as an abused kid, when I grew up, if people, if my parents would just acknowledge the pain that they put me through or that I felt as a kid, that I would be healed and magically be better. 
And that happened a couple of times on my journey where both of my parents sat me down and said, I'm so sorry for all the hurt I caused you. I'm so sorry for every time I hit you or hurt you or, or raged at you or, or uh, berated you. And, you know, they owned it many times throughout my life. And the thing was, is it was so weird because even though they owned it, it didn't make me feel better. But as a person searching for the apology, you think the apology, the apology is the panacea. That's the magic cure that's going to somehow make that feeling in you of unworthiness or rejection or abandonment or betrayal go away. But I have to tell you, even if the apology comes, we're still left with that hurt and pain because the pain and the hurt still happened. That's why an apology isn't enough. That's why them owning it isn't enough. Because I'll tell you what. Even if you get a narcissist or an alcoholic or an addict to go, yeah, I see I'm hurting you and they're admitting it to you. They're like, I'm so sorry. I see. Because we have a lot of those people, right? Those like, oh God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But then they still do the damn thing. That's even worse because now you're telling me, you know, you're hurting me and you're, you're doing it. So there's an element of, yes, they know they're hurting you. There's an element of, no, they don't know they're hurting you to that extent because they have no understanding of the level they're hurting themselves. They cannot see your pain when they can't, that they're inflicting on you when they can't even see the pain they're inflicting upon themselves. There's a denial and a delusion. And addiction lives in the land of denial and delusion. And it speaks in the language of lies. So truth Honesty, transparency are nowhere to be found in addiction. What you can do is focus on coming to the light, finding the truth, finding your way home to the truth and to the sanity, and then wield the light against the dark, right? Keep yourself light. But when you get sucked into the dark with them, you get go on the crazy train and you buckle in and what ride are we going on today? You're losing your mind every other Tuesday, right? And that's just not going to work for you. So has this answered your question? The answer to the question is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they know they're hurting you because my love, they're hurting you. Now what? It doesn't know. It doesn't matter if they know they are hurting you. If the addict or alcoholic or narcissist goes, I see it, I'm hurting you, I'm hurting you. It doesn't, that's not going to make it any better. What's going to make it better is when you say, and I'm unwilling to subject myself to that any further. Now, I know that triggers a lot of people because it's like, why? Well, you don't understand. I'm stuck. I'm I'm here. I'm, I, I understand that as children, the story of stuckness gets imprinted in our mind. And that's where that story takes root. And I was stuck too as a little girl. I didn't have anywhere to go and nobody came rescued me. So I understand that. But as a grown woman and as an adult, I always have a choice. Always have a choice. And to sit in a position where you believe you don't have a choice and you don't have any options, somebody lying to you, and it's probably yourself. You have choices. You have options. You need to work with somebody who can see the forest of the trees and point out what those options are so that you can have psychological, financial, emotional, spiritual, and mental health in abundance because that is what you deserve. Not trying to get somebody to say they're fucking sorry again. All right. I love you. I hope this has been helpful for you. Take excellent care of yourself and I'll see you really soon in another episode or in my inbox over at HeidiRain.com. Bye for now.